Hi, I'm Dr. Al Samurai. And I'm Erin Hilgendorf. And we are here to, from uh, the Institute for Conflict to talk about what's hot in our digital media today. In these different stories, we're going to talk about what it means to understand, to work through, and to uh, resolve conflict. What type of conflict do we have? What type of things that make us feel inadequate, or angry, or tired, or used, abused? So, Aaron, let's talk about what is it that's going on for you that really kind of annoys you, upsets you? Um, in the context of how digital communication is influencing connection, I think the primary thing that I have conflict around is just how much unconsciously we're using different media platforms to satiate connection with other people. You know, we have all sorts of influences that are new to, or like young, I think, in like human evolution where we're using our phones in a different way and computers to communicate which is a good thing in the sense that we're connecting you know we can connect to other parts of the world we can connect faster we can there's a lot of positives and also i think it's distorting our understanding of like a true basic need which is to be connected to other humans you know we're more connected to these these social media platforms and we're confusing these outlets as human connection and they're not they're not the same to me it's fascinating that you say that because it's the way i think about uh, these platforms it's actually i don't think about them as a platform i think of them as a consciousness mm. and that all these platforms are really a different form of consciousness that we are connected to other people in uh, the digital space that we are not so now we have different forms of consciousness. We actually have a consciousness that exists even though we are not participating in it. It is going on around us. Mm. The conversations are always going on around us. Before, it used to be a one-way form of digital communication where the TV talked at you, where digital communication came from one source and that source told you about anything they wanted to do that they shaped you and what happened with the internet connection and uh, with different people in terms of consciousness is that after using the platform at such a young age you start thinking of the platform no longer as a platform mm. and that's a whole world in itself so youtube has become its own world facebook has become its own world uh, Instagram has become its own world. Twitter has become its own kind of uh, world where people can take out anger 
and rage and cut each other up and troll each other and damage each other with words mm. and still be hiding behind the digital platform but it's no longer a digital platform that's I think that's where we have we have already crossed that threshold we just don't we haven't acknowledged it yet mm-hmm yeah, I guess what I'm hearing is like when you said, you know, TV, you know, the television used to talk at us, but now the platform is truly a conversation. It's two ways. What you're, what, what you're saying about like Twitter is that we're still using it in that way or any of these platforms. We can send a message out and we're kind of ignorantly thinking that it's still a one-way message, mm-hmm. but it's not. And so mm-hmm. now we're starting to understand the consciousness around the destruction mm-hmm of looking at communication as one way when it's really two ways. And so what do we do with the other end of it? What do we do with all the output that's going and we're not actually aware of where it's landing or feeling accountable for the things we put out and where it's landing? You know, that's, that, that's, uh, that, that brings the thought of communication, uh, of communication that's two ways. So communication two-way is me and you having this conversation. Mm. But actually what happens on these, the, this new digital consciousness is that in the digital world, we are actually um, multiplying in connection all the time. We are actually talking to hundreds, thousands, millions of people at the same time. And they are talking to us. Whether the messages get across, that's a different issue. But everybody's talking at everybody else in this digital world, mm-hmm. right? But nobody seems to hear anybody else. That's the thing I think we, me and you are kind of trying to get at, mm-hmm. which is that people don't hear each other anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't have that sense of connection, of one-on-one, of saying, oh yeah, this is my buddy, this is my friend. Um, we grew up together, we did this together. Now there's this whole new world, especially for those who um, don't participate in um, the world without a digital connection, because we know there's all kinds of people who do not participate in the, in the physical world anymore as much as they participate in the digital world. Mm-hmm. And so their communications become through the idea of how do we communicate, but it's always about am I being heard? Mm-hmm. And people, I don't think, feel heard. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, it's having me think about just like the art of conversation. Like, what's happening right now is that we're discussing we're processing through an idea we're processing through it we're feeding off of each other it's it's an actual we can feel like the energy building around it and we're working through it whereas when when we're sending messages out like you're saying and it's creating this kind of ethereal consciousness you know what's happening with the process in that 
you know, we're staying in the conversation because you're saying something and I'm hearing it and then it's come, I'm processing it and now I'm verbalizing it. And so we're working through finding understanding around this. But when we're con conversing with just an outward projection, then it sounds to me like the piece that's lacking is, is like the shared processing. We're just, it's just too easy to just put quick thoughts out into this digital consciousness that you're speaking to. But then what? Like, how is it evolving from there? It's almost evolving as its own entity. And then if something evolves on its own without us understanding that process, then of course it's going to feel chaotic because we don't even know how it got from point A to point B. Well, the great thing about it is, is that it's brought people uh, from around the world together to, um, to share certain feelings, feelings of um, the feelings of the oppressed mm -hmm. are being shared and thus the people are rising in the streets, the young people who are out there risking their lives in Chile and Iraq and Lebanon and Hong Kong across the world. Um, I think the digital world has brought that uh, hope that um, I am heard that other people do care. Say the contradictions in the, uh, what you called it, the ethereal world. I like that term. Mm -hmm. Let's use that term. Um, this ethereal type of consciousness is that um, we are both held and we are both rejected at the same time. We are both wanted and not needed. The problem is, is that there's no grounding in this consciousness. Mm. In the conversation that we're having and what you're reflecting on is there is a sense of grounding for us. We are having this conversation and we're taking and reflecting and we're giving back and it's coming back to us. But our, um, our digital connections are not. They're just bouncing all over the place. And it's like we lose our consciousness in those, in those spheres. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, and when I listen to podcasts, I lose myself in the podcast. Mm. Right? Um, and that's how I think of that consciousness. It just floats. It's, I, I'm not there, but I'm kind of. It's, it's strange in a way. And at the same time, it's an experience all its own, very unique. Mm. Unlike the conversation we're having right now, mm -hmm. right? And the more you have that, that ethereal type of experience over and over again, the more disconnected you are from the grounded experience of being human, mm. of talking to somebody. You, call it, you know, you're talking about the art of conversation, of uh, simple manners of saying, hi, how are you? Looking in each other's eyes. You notice that people are looking down, like they're mm -hmm. staring at their phones. Mm -hmm. So people aren't seeing each other anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't see you. Yeah, yeah it's almost as if the, you know, we're, we're, we're drawn to, or we have like a, an affinity for being connected to something greater than ourselves. And if this digital collective consciousness it had it's it seem it obviously has a strong pull like you're just talking about that will deny eye contact with another human to be looking at our phones and so to me that just tells me that whatever c 
collective is being built via phones or digital like it has a strong pull so that gives me some hope actually that you know the desire for connection isn't lost it's just that we're maybe misunderstanding the connection yes and in that connection there is all the problem is is there's so much desire mm. right so what you're experiencing in those connections are desire run amok the experience of desiring instant gratification at any cost whether it is um, artistic whether it is uh, intellectual whether it is sexual whether it is um, strange medical it doesn't the desire is always there it's like oh let me look this up oh what about this oh what about this and what happens is, is that you never land you're always flying in this consciousness where when you are having direct communication with somebody you're on the ground you could feel your feet mm -hmm. and you could always feel it and when you're getting off a digital device, it's hard to transition back to talking to somebody and looking at their face mm. and seeing their face in front of you because we're so used to looking at digital images of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something hmm, that just brought up when you said that we're seeking, you know, immediate feedback. Just the clicking. Yeah, that made me think, okay, so it just made me think of like the part that's underdeveloped is, is like the feedback coming from the self. Yes. Ver you know, so when we're in conversation with ourselves in meditation or we're sitting in silence or we're wandering in the woods or we're in conversation, like you're saying that we're kind of you know, we're just reflecting off of each other, our own individual thoughts. You know, we're, it, it seems like there's a lack of self-feedback. You know, when, when we're um, interacting with the digital devices, we're getting this external feedback versus yeah. this internal feedback. So I'm, you know, how do we, that seems worth talking about. <laughs> Yes, I, th I think what happens is, is that we, uh, we, there's a, a sense of emptiness at the same time that we float on this ocean of desire mm. in this ethereal consciousness. At the same time, there's this immense emptiness and loneliness. As much as we are digitally connected to the world, we are completely isolated. The more we're connected to so many people, the less we're really connected to anybody. When you parcel out pieces of yourself, when you send them across the world to different people, what is left of you to share when you're sharing that all day long? Then what happens is that people start to show you what they're sharing with the rest of the world because they have nothing to share with you because they have spent all their time sharing it with other people. Mm. So they show you, like I'm holding my hand to your face, their phone. Mm -hmm. right? 
And so we're no longer even communicating. I mean, I, when I go to a restaurant and I watch people, I see two people staring at the phone and then showing each other pictures of the phone. Mm -hmm. When you go to wait at the pharmacy, when you go to wait for the doctor, when you go to uh, stand and wait for the bus, when you get on um, um, the speed rail, nobody sees anybody anymore. And that is lonely. Mm -hmm. And it seems like in the depiction of the conversation between two persons at a dinner table and then showing each other things on their phones, it's as if they're saying, this is me. Mm -hmm. And so that because they can't express that anymore. Well, and if we are, that just brings me to self identity. You know, if the, if, if individuals are self identifying by what they put out into the world and the primary source of output is via these digital the digital work we do, mm. then that's okay. That that's great. I that's great. It's but giving voice to the unheard and like you're talking in a yeah. worldly way. Yeah. And also it seems as though what's lacking is just attention towards the self outside of that realm. So how do we get back to that? Well, the, the problem is is that the um the the spirit or the 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 reply on this ethereal plane is a thumbs up. Mm. What does that mean? Or a smiley face, or a thumbs down. What does that mean? Well, to me, it, it's external recognition. So it just again highlights how the feedback is coming from external. But it's so generalized. I mean, a thumbs up across the world means what? So if you think of everybody who understands a thumbs up, it could mean anything. So actually what you think is recognition of you is just the projection of what you wanted to believe from the thumbs up. It could have been, hey, I saw you doing that. I don't know why, but hey, good going. It doesn't mean it's recognition the way we see it because our projections are, this means something different. It's almost like it tells you a complete story. Hmm. But it's an incomplete story because that's how our consciousness makes sense of it. That's how our brain works. It has to make sense of it. So it has a story. It's like, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, they understand my sense of humor. Um, They could have just clicked thumbs up because they missed you. Or they wanted to say hi. Or um, out of habit. Because they always like your posts. Mm -hmm. And in the context of the desire for connection with others, I mean, I think it matters. But my question is, does it matter why they the thumbs up it's almost as if it's in a world in a worldly plane it's it had the benefit is it has created a common language even if the projection of understanding mm. is different and individualized in some realm but it's too generalized Darren. 
the problem is it's so generalized that you you do not get the feedback that is required to for the connection. Mm-hmm. How do two people gain a connection? They converse. They don't throw thumbs up at each other. Mm-hmm. So if you, every time you said something that I liked, I just gave you a thumbs up, you would never understand what I was doing except I was messing with you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think of it in any other way. But on the internet, on this digital world that we exist in, our consciousness exists in. No, it makes perfect sense. As you said, oh yeah, we have a common language. So now what you're describing is the way our consciousness has started to define what is going on in this plane and how it's making sense of it because we're so disconnected. Mm -hmm. The problem with the disconnection is that we no longer know what it means to live in the world as a physical being. That's the fear. That the physical self is completely denied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see how we're then only able to evolve as much as the consciousness is evolved. Yes. So maybe we're feeling the limits of that yes. in things are, that are going on in the world today. Well, that, that shows how we're disconnected from the earth because the earth is dying. Mm-hmm. And we're not freaking out. Mm-hmm. But the planet is dying. I mean, we're killing it. Or perhaps we're freaking out. Perhaps we're freaking out, but we can't harness the energy of the freak out to actually do something constructive. I think to it's make being dispersed. Mm. I think in this ethereal world, the dispersion of responsibility is very simple. Mm-hmm. I let everybody know. I told them. I shared. I think less gets done. Me, yeah, sharing. I suppose that's the other piece of the conversation is the responsibility of what is being said. You know, when when you're actually talking with another human, I personally feel like the responsibility of what is shared is different than if it's just, you know, a letter written and mailed off or something that's written in someone's journal and goes nowhere or a, a tweet on a Twitter feed or, you know, those things, they're open-ended the responsibility of what is said is different. As when we're in conversation or connecting with other humans, the responsibility of our reactions, our emotions, our whatever we're expressing is much different. Well, so we, we are, the part of our being is that we are we're social beings. We're social animals. We, we need to connect. We need to be part of the collective that's where we grow 
Mm. We don't grow outside the collective. So our consciousness is actually doing what we're supposed to be doing, but the problem is, is that this plane is no longer fantasy. It's a collective fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right? But you can still order from the collective fantasy. And it will appear in front of your door. And the problem with the collective fantasy is that when things appear, it feels more like magic. It's not made out of wood. It's not made out of steel. It's not taken from a mountain. It's not taken from a tree. It's not taken from a pond. It's just magic. And I think that pushes us towards the edge because we no longer value or understand what that means to cut something down to make something mm-hmm. for a thrill for 15 seconds. Oh, I ordered this. Check it out. And you leave it sitting in the box for weeks. I've ordered things that I've stared at in the box, opened the box, and tried to figure out, do I want to keep it or not? So why did I order it? Well, the thing that you were actually wanting to receive, you got in that moment. It wasn't actually the package that arrived on your doorstep. Instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So how do we slow down? You know, I... I don't think that instant gratification needs to be something that needs to change or it needs to be demonized. It, it just, it, I think we just need to reorient the place for it and it's become consumptive. So my question we is... We need to narrow its scope. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I hear you and I agree. We need to narrow the scope of instant gratification where it's not external objects, because external objects just feed the idea that there's magic. Mm-hmm. The right. fantasy. The fantasy. But the problem is the fantasy is fueling the destruction of our, uh, our own destruction. It's our own demise. We are creating a fantasy that destroys us. Mm-hmm. Right. We have always created fantasies that destroyed us in movies, but now we are literally doing that in the environment. We are consuming so much with this instant gratification that it is creating so much garbage. Besides the resources we're using, it's the garbage that we're we're putting on this planet. There's no room. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we get back to the internet, this ethereal plane this where consciousness exists but doesn't really exist but it's there how many times a day do you think oh I need to check my phone mm-hmm. I need to check my email did somebody call me today nobody calls by the way anymore is that a young people thing not calling yeah Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I don't think it's only young. I think it's just an essence of busyness that we're chronically multitasking and not actually being present 
to any one thing that we're doing because there's a cultural expectation or seemingly so to be productive and productive make things seems to be determined by how much can you do at one time <laughs> you know how can you, how can we get as much done as possible in in a certain amount of time and so then we compromise the very foundations that make productivity actually happen yeah so i think yeah emailing text messaging i think that was my other that was my other question about you know we're talking about conversation two persons actually talking but what about the other forms of communication that happen throughout time you know even just like things that weren't instant gratification like writing a letter and not knowing when it was going to get there and you know when you would might hear back if never or even beyond verbal communication you know harnessing the fact that we have other intelligent forms of communication that occur when we connect with other beings and how is that then being captured or lost when we're using digital connections? It's an amazing question. I mean, I think there's there's many aspects to that question. It is how do we think about how do we think about what we are getting and what we are giving and what we are not getting and what we are not giving? It is a reality of our time that we exist in this ethereal plane. That's a reality. A reality of consciousness. Because all reality is created by consciousness. Without consciousness, there is no reality. We acknowledge reality because we become conscious of it. Otherwise, we'd walk into a wall or into a river. Part of our understanding of the world needs imperatively to change today. You know, for us, for the world to be saved, these giant warehouse doors have to be shut down today. We cannot consume the way we have been consuming. There is nothing left in this planet. They are, they're raking the oceans for minerals. There are large parts of this world that are dying. Where we get a lot of, we get most of our food from the oceans. We're killing our oceans. But no species does that besides humans. I mean, you don't see, you, you don't see animals destroying the the planet they live on. Why do you think we do that? Yeah. Why do you think we are so, so so destructive? Even on the even when we are on the digital platforms, why are we so angry? I mean, it, to me, it sounds just like a childlike behavior in the sense that when the basic needs aren't being met. You know, the child will cry. The, the child will throw a tantrum. And it's as if we are being destructive in a tantrum type way. You know, it's like almost unconscious. You know, the baby doesn't think, 
I'm going to cry so hard to make my caregiver upset. They're not thinking that. That's not what they're thinking. They're thinking, I have a need that's not getting met. I'm going to, out, I'm going to rage right now. And so I suppose humans are doing this destructive behavior because there's these basic needs that are not getting met. We are so detached from that there's discomfort. And I think the importance of having conversations like this is to re-identify like what are the needs that are not getting met and how do we get back to them? Because we can't, in my opinion, make change on the destruction until we understand why we're doing it. And so the piece of human connection and accountability and feeling seen and heard and, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless and, you know, creating justice that's coming out of this conflict we need to understand what needs we need to re-meet so we can shift this. I see what you're saying. What's, um, what's coming to mind is all these, um, the fear of different populations around the world and they're embracing this nativism mm. that is taking over around the world. That's causing more uh, conflict. And more destruction in our world. Um, it's interesting that we have all been like racing to the end. Like we have been uh, developing what they used to call the um, underdeveloped nations or the third world they used to call them. And now they're trying to uh, bar them from developing because development is not a good thing even though that's what's been advertised for the last 100 years. Develop, develop, more, 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 more. We don't live in harmony. I think harmony is required in this world. Mm. Harmony is required in the conversation. If instant gratification is pre-programmed at a very young age, and start talking about the baby, the baby awakes to the world and then they're instantly gratified every time they, they click their finger. Um, you're going to have um, people who are like zombies if the power's turned off. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know what to do. It's like reminding me of something I read a long time ago about children when they wake one of the most important times is when they wake to not just go in and, and get them, to let them stay in the crib and, and to play. And it's the time when the imagination and creation is developed in child development. Mm-hmm. I don't know, tell me, tell, mm-hmm. me, tell me what you know about that. Keep going. And it just makes me think, okay, well, if, if that is true, then every time we're seeking instant gratification, we're denying ourselves the possibility to be creative, to grow our own imagination. To make ourselves create what we need instead of getting. The act of creation makes us who we are. Our biggest solutions for problems came because of our need for creativity. Our worst instincts have become possible because of our creativity. So 
to take away creativity is to take away life. You can still have creativity on the digital plane, but it's not connected to the connection. It's the creation in a digital plane. It is not something that makes us come together to see. Oh, Aaron, let's go see this mountain. It's not a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know. And the seed of creativity, where where have we where does that come from? The seed of creativity comes through the imagination. And is that to me that that comes from the self? For sure. If the self is our organizing principle, then all possibilities come through the self. Mm-hmm. And the self in terms of a definition it is all the parts that we are. And that seems distorted going back to your description of the two persons at the dinner table conversing because if our understanding of our individuation or our self is through our what we're putting out into the world then again the creation is limited by the digital consciousness it's not coming from me or you or any other individual anymore the digit the, the the ethereal consciousness is controlling the way we are interacting mm-hmm. we are not in charge of it anymore what started out as a brain dump called this highway this internet is no longer what it is. There are programs that are forcing you to turn to pages that you don't want to see. They think you want to see them. Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence has risen on this conscious plane. What are we going to do? We are not going to be able to understand what it is anymore. Is it not going to be a threat to us, uh, to us to lose a sense of connection? But to be on this stream that is becoming more and more programmable, and thus you and I are becoming more and more programmable. But we are probably not the youngest of the young. The babies that are being born now mm-hmm. are becoming very programmable. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us is going to be our bis- biggest task. How do we help deprogram our population to help them stay human? What is it to lose our humanity? To lose our humanity means that we have given up on our existence as physical beings. Mm -hmm. Is that what we really want to do in this physical plane? I mean, I think, no, that's probably one of the needs that's not getting met. That's the source of the rage. The the, the ability to be held. Mm -hmm. 
be held by somebody to feel anchored in the world. I wonder, I wonder, what is so uncomfortable? I mean, it, it, it's, it's like it's uncomfortable. You know, people don't call each other anymore or just go over to each other's homes, their neighbors as much because they'll say, oh, well, that's uncomfortable. So there's texting or other ways to communicate. And I'm wondering on a human level, what has become, how did we get to a place that, that it's so uncomfortable? Because our consciousness no longer in, lives within us. Our consciousness lives outside of us. So we have a consciousness that lives within us, but that consciousness isn't really fed. We don't interact. We don't have a simple conversation. We ask a lot of questions about, are you comfortable? Because we cannot read simple mannerisms and signals. Mm -hmm. And even when you ask those questions, people look at you like you're strange because they don't know. They don't know if they're comfortable or uncomfortable. They don't know what that means. They have to think about it. So we're, we're kind of, we're in, in the 21st century not being able to tell what the other person is doing because they're not speaking. We used to be able to read people's faces. We used to be able to tell from the way they walk towards us. If they're running towards us. If they're happy to see us, if they're excited to see us. People used to wait in airports with uh, flowers mm -hmm. to greet people off planes. You know what they do now? They have cameras on their phones, so they're taking pictures of people coming off the plane. Okay, where? You're there to greet them. Your phone is there to greet them? Yeah, it's like... The phone, the picture thing is interesting. It, it's like the displacement of time becomes really real. Yes. Talk more about that. You know, it, it, it has me thinking about something I wrote last week, which was like when we're so attached to what we want or the fantasy of things, then we can never accept where we're at. Mm. And it's like then we never know where we are. We're lost, like you said. We're lost, we're lonely, we're disconnected because we're always caught between two time differentials. We're either yeah. in, the, in the future or we're in the past. And greeting somebody at the airport, like you're talking about and taking a picture, when you're taking the picture, yes, you're taking the picture in the moment, but the purpose of the picture is for the future. It's to say, oh, so we can look back at the picture and so then we can be in the future, but in the past. Or so I can show somebody else the picture, which they're not even present at the moment. So it's this constant dance between, between time. It's like moving so quickly that we can't, like you're saying, we can't even feel the ground. So how do we get... We're trying to capture it. So every time you try to capture the moment... You miss it. Yes. <laughs> Always. Definitely. Always. 
And I think what happens is that we, our digital consciousness is disorganized. Mm. And like you said, it's in its infancy, it's growing. And the way it's growing is the way our consciousness grew in this world, where we collected pictures and put on walls. Now we're doing that in the digital space. We're not even storing pictures anymore. We just store them in the digital space. It's like nothing's tangible. No. You know, even the things we experience that we're capturing through pictures isn't tangible. Like nothing. No. So then, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing is. Actually, it's, it feels as though the orientation to our entire human experience is nothing, nothing is. Everything is an idea. Everything is a disorientation. Everything is somewhere else. Like you said, everything is outside of us. It's, it, it, it feels chaotic. <laughs> it's, it is chaotic. It's because it's chaotic because we are not grounded anywhere. You, you don't have a physical place to be. You know, when it, you define home, when you ask about, I'm going home, what does that mean anymore? What is home? Some people's homes are on the internet. Some people's homes are on um, games on the internet. Some people's homes are on Facebook. You know, there was this um, weird game called Farmville once upon a time. I don't know if it's weird or not. <laughs> a lot of people got on it and they kept sending me uh, messages to play the game with them. I was not interested in the game. I'd rather hear from them. But they didn't know how to communicate anymore. They don't know how to send a message. They want to play a game online. It's... We no longer sit face-to-face -face and play games and kind of greet each other and the human experience is lost, and when the human experience is lost, something else arises. The matrix arises, mm -hmm. and that's what we have now. Where the matrix seemed like, wow, you know, that's really far-fetched, it could be, it can't. Now it looks, yeah, it looks like reality. You know, we are following these elusive clicks around. Where is it taking me? My, my, uh, my, phone or uh, this ethereal consciousness is saying uh, have you checked this out have you done this have you read this you like this so you like this well that's scary to me because then we're losing our own sense of discernment when we're being guided by you like this you might like this I think you like this oh well someone else likes this then we're not thinking for ourselves anymore no what are the things that are happening right now that haven't lost this completely? You know, I, I think this is a strong pull. This is a huge cultural influence. This oh, is yeah. a worldly influence. Yeah, this is, yes, for sure. That's non-negotiable. But yeah. I also think that there are even big businesses or big, you know, cultural influences that are defying the loss of human connection. Like there are places that are trying to get back to the things we're talking about in this conversation. Well, yes, I think that in, uh, in places like uh, Forum to Table, um, 
where you have places where you know phones are not allowed converse where more and more places are um, are basically asking you to turn on uh, not turn on Wi-Fi and just kind of hang out mm-hmm. um, which is be- becoming more and more difficult because you're dealing with situations that uh, are overwhelming you have a complete new generation that's digitally tied in that is doing five things and pretending to listen to you when they're not listening to you mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not their fault it's technology you know because um, I was raised during the 80s we had to run home to answer the phone it meant something the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. I think we've lost that it's kind of become something mm-hmm. it doesn't mean something anymore it's actually become something that controls us guides us does whatever it's like I, I was leaving work one day and my phone said he will be home in an hour and 20 minutes and I was like how did they know mm. Like it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course. I have GPS on and it's been calculating. And so, so when the GPS is on, I'm leaving this. Whatever. I know it's not magic. Mm-hmm. But still. Mm-hmm. It's freaky in that consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing a little bit when you said the phone meant something. Yeah. And growing up in the 80s and... I'm remembering how important it was in my family system to know how to properly take a message, mm. you know, how to answer the phone huh. or to say like, you know, the so-and-sos yeah. like, yeah. and they'd say, oh, I'm calling for, and you could say, oh, they're not here right now. Can I take a message? <laughs> you know, you were talking yeah. about kind of the social decorum, yeah. the yeah. art of the, yeah. that's oh, being the lost. Yeah. You know, those things, those things gave, that gave me place in a sense. Mm. Ooh. You know, now where when everybody is their own entity, everybody has their own phone with their own voicemail, Ooh. you know, we we don't even know our own place within a system. No. No, I have like five email accounts and I stare at them sometimes because I can't, I, there's no way I am going to be able to. Yes, even if I go, I mean, Aaron, if I spend 45 minutes just going through and saying junk, 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 that's not gonna, that's still 45 minutes of my time mm-hmm. that I am lost trying to figure out what I am doing and who is sending message and what is important and what is not important. I mean, it's, it's so much information. I have to agree with you on a specific space and time and figure out how much time and and we're always looking at the clock like we're going somewhere what's funny is we're not really going anywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're still you know it's like running in place well maybe we can feel that yeah that the evolution of the consciousness is stagnant that we aren't going anywhere which is what's creating the the anxiety like you're talking about you know to to get something done. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, you know, when I meet people, I, what interests me is um, people in general. I love 
learning about people and how they act and interact. Maybe that's just because of uh, psychology and how I have studied that for a very, very long time. But um, what's interesting now is that um, I was having a conversation uh, with someone who's 12, and I said, um, I talked about how we should put our phones down and see who loses first by kicking it. Mm. Very creative 12 year old. So he sat there and he said, Okay, I don't have to pick it up. I'm going to turn it on and play with it here. Mm. So he found a solution. It took him about like 20, 30 minutes. But can you imagine how much energy he had to put in finding that solution instead of saying, Okay, it's, it's just a, it's just a digital computer that I use no it's a part of me and so he's going into the kitchen he's coming back trying to figure out how am I going to sit and it's interesting to hear how attached he was to figure I mean yeah. it was definitely a motivator which is a positive oh, yes. thing yes but the motivation was towards regaining connection with the device yes. versus the fact that you're sitting in the room. With yeah, him. That, we're, I, that I was trying to get him to engage in mm -hmm. conversation and I was trying to get him away from the phone. And as soon as I got him away from the phone, I lost his conversation because all he could focus on was the phone. Mm -hmm. It's interesting also to explore just how the addiction, like the brain centers that we do know around, you know, dopamine and the things that we Oof. receive from interactions with lights or our phones. Oof. To see the younger generation that you're talking about have such a relationship with phones, it will, I'm curious, how will other addictive behaviors develop? Will they? Well, it's, uh, so if you're addicted to the phone, you are not aware of the body. So you're not aware of what you're putting in your body. So you're not aware of taking care of your body. You're not responsive to your body. You don't know what your body wants. Are you hungry? Are you tired? It's like a crying baby. The baby knows it's in distress. You know your body wants something, but you're not sure what it wants, so it freaks out. Right? And the things that people used to say was like, oh yeah, you can look that up on the internet. Now, we look up our worst fears on the internet. It's like, oh, something is hurting me. I might have cancer. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we're diagnosing ourselves with all of these illnesses. But that's just the mind. That's just the mind in this space, in this digital space, that it can't put its arm around it. It can't hold it. It can't see it. It can't see the edges of it. It's it's like they're falling parts. You're looking one way and there's stuff going on here and stuff going on there and what happens is, is that the mind freaks out. It feels unsafe. And thus it, it defines that uh, lack of safety as an illness. Oh, I must have this. Because I've had this pain for a week. Mm -hmm. No, your diet could be shit. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you could have bumped yourself, and because you were staring at your phone, you didn't notice that you bumped yourself. It's again the distortion between external influence and internal understanding. Yes, and and that the hallucination is no longer that I am internal external. The hallucination now, or the understanding now, is that I am both internal, external, and on this digital plane. Mm-hmm. And we do exist there, whether we're commenting or not, whether we're saying something or not, we exist there. We have a, um, which I think uh, Cambridge Analytica used really well during the election. They use psyops to corrupt the election because they terrified people. They scared people. They told them that other people different from them were coming for them. And so our digital personality has been weaponized against us. Hmm. All of our information that floats out there We don't have a right to it. Do you think people even really know that, though? Do they not know that Facebook uses their information? Do you not think that they know that Instagram keeps everything that you publish? I mean, I guess... Do they not know that YouTube, whatever you put on there, exists forever? And do they not know that Google and Amazon and all these companies are collecting this information? And even if they are, I mean, just to play... Devil's advocate? Yeah, sure. Okay. Even if it is, okay, let's just accept that it is. It doesn't have to be for a corrupt reason. Like the ignorance of still choosing to participate in these platforms, even knowing that this information is saved. You know, maybe it's not a bad thing. I think that we need a Bill of Rights for digital information. Mm. We need to stand up for ourselves on digital platforms. As if we're going to be conscious beings on a digital platform, then we need to be recognized as conscious beings on that digital platform. Otherwise, we are always, always lost in this ethereal plane. We should have a digital ID. And our digital ID needs to be protected. Mm. Like we have rights in society, right? Mm-hmm. In search and seizure against um, unlawful detention, against, against, against. So why shouldn't we have those same rights on the digital plane? Because I am getting your information and I can use it against you to manipulate you and get you to do what I want you to do, to buy what I want you to buy, to vote for who I want you to vote. That seems to be scary. Mm -hmm. That we lose our ability to control what we are. That is a part of us. Just because we share it with people doesn't mean it's not a part of us. It's still a part of us. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Definitely. Yeah. 
and also see the importance of shifting the consciousness away from being reactive to fear. You know, I hear that there's a lot of influence. Well, the anxiety, the anxiety promotes fear. Yeah. The anxiety of not knowing, the anxiety of other people having your information, the anxiety of people taking over your platform Mm -hmm. or taking over your information or hacking you, right? There is fear out there. It's not like it's a safe world. At the same time, it's a world that requires new rules. We haven't put rules in place. We kind of just let things spring up. And that can no longer be. Because, because the advancement of technology is just so outpaced everything else. And 5G is here. The new revolution. So your phone is going to tell you what you're thinking before you think it. It's going to show it to you. Because the phone is going to be so fast that you're going to go, Oh, I'm going to call so-and-so. Oh, I already called so-and-so for you. And I still, I still feel very hopeful and certain that the human intelligence is greater and more complex and more diverse than the development of any digital or artificial intelligence. And so a way to work with these fears that we're talking about is to get back to human connection, to get back to conversation, to get back to talking with each other, to get back to making eye contact, to get back to, you know, holding meals with each other and not always staring at our phones. You know, this is something we can do. Touching each other, holding each other, uh, hugging each other, making eye contact, uh, holding somebody's hand, um, putting your arm around somebody's shoulder. Um, these simple things, they're, they're not that simple. This is how we learn to be soothed. This is how we learn to self-soothe because other people soothed us. And if we do not know that we require this all through our lifetime. We know from study after study that um, widowers die sooner, but widowers who adopt a pet live longer. We know that males die before females. We know that the elderly are more female than male. So we also know that um, the physical effects of life on males is much rougher for whatever reason, is it healthcare? Is it the way they take care of themselves? Is it the way they treat themselves? Is it alcohol? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, I think that life is is equally uh, troublesome for um, both the feminine and the masculine. But these are interesting things that we have, right? We have a lot of correlation studies. We don't have cause and effect studies. They're very difficult to come by. But the correlation studies are telling us many different things. And the number one thing that states over and over again is that what we see um, in the clinic and what we see in life, loneliness. People want to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being heard. Even like you're saying in the clinic and 
you know, in the structure of medicine and how that's playing out. And mental health. The greatest impact is to just be connected. Not the diagnosis, not any medication we can put to it, not any tool we can give the patient, but actually holding space for connection so that way they can feel heard, seen, and to process. And so it's easy to get lost in the chaos of understanding the digital world and the internet and what's going on and how it's developing. And Well, even our conversation is kind of all over the place because what we are describing is something vast. Mm-hmm. We're not describing like a small table. This is immense. So when we start talking about it, we get lost in the immensity of it, in different spots in it. Like we start talking about one thing and we get pulled to another thing and it's like over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we're taking, just to get back to where we came from, which is the simplicity of re-recognizing the basic human needs of connection. And that those are actually quite simple. And we just need to get back to cultivating those. Yes. Yeah. It, it would be good that we can reach out and talk to people. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing we need to do is stop texting and start to calling. Mm-hmm. Hear each other's voices. Talk to each other. See each other. Go physically there. Oh, I want to come by and see you. I want to physically have a cup of coffee with you. I want to physically hang out for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems even simple, like something we could all just try to do is that of the many text messages we may send in one day, if we could just choose one text message to consciously say, I'm going to turn this text message into a phone call and just start very simple. Like we, we have many opportunities in our day to make that one change. I'm sure we all send more than one text message. And it's like, if we could just even start with that, the ripple effect, who knows where it will lead. I think you're correct. I think that that is a way to start, uh, change the text message one text message into a phone call change that one time i miss you to let's see each other in an hour and hang out Mm -hmm. we always have time we don't have time when we're dead we always have time when we're alive to make time for each other we always have time to make time Mm -hmm. we could easily make time when i really want to do something i do it Everybody knows that. You know that because that's how you think. Mm -hmm. If I really want to do something, I'm going to do it anyway. It's like, well, I wanted to do it. Well, make time to do it. Then you can make time for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think the simplest thing, the time you're making for somebody else, you're really making for yourself. Because it's the mirroring of the other that helps us feel connected to the plane mm-hmm. it's the lack of mirroring it's the lack of, it's that disassociation from the other person and there's a lot of suspiciousness mm, what do you want to talk mm-hmm. why can't we text mm-hmm. there should be suspiciousness about why I want to talk instead of text because it feels weird to text I don't understand what you're saying when you're texting. What are you implying when you're texting? Are you pissed off? Are you happy? Are you saying you're happy? Are you saying, what What are you saying exactly? 
because you could write all kinds of things in text that you don't mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the phone fixing words. I'm talking about words you're thinking about in your head that are not in text. Mm-hmm. And people don't um, break up anymore. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they walk away from each other. Mm-hmm. They stop answering calls. It's like they once existed and then didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Why is that okay? I don't want to... I mean, is, it's definitely not okay, but it makes sense because our understanding of conflict, which is what this is all about, this conversation, we don't have to do it. We don't have to develop a working relationship with it when we're always hidden behind a device. It's like we don't understand conflict anymore. There is conflict. That's that's recog- that's understood, but we don't know how to engage with it. And and so if I stop talking to you on my digital device, that means I can't see you anymore. That's what you're saying. I can't talk to you anymore. Um, but I can't tell you it's your face. Mm-hmm. I just give you this kind of cold, dead silence. I think I think it's been coined as ghosting. Ghosting, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, which is, you know, which is... Um, ghosting is a term for those who um, have... A, no socialization mm. because I'll ghost you because I don't know how to say to you that you hurt my feelings I'll ghost you because I, I don't know how to tell you that um, you didn't hang out with me and I felt alone and I, you hung out with so and so I'm ghosting you because um, I don't have anything in common with you because I can't think outside of my digital world and you don't like the same things I like, so I'm ghosting you. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad because basically, then what you've just described is that because a person feels hurt, then they cause hurt from that hurt, or because well, they call a person pain. because a person felt lonely because they weren't chosen, then they created a lonely world, but for yeah. themselves by ghosting the other person. Yeah. You know, it's we create the reality. When we don't communicate, we create that reality for we ourselves. Create, yes, we create our worst fears. They come true. Mm-hmm. We create what we are afraid of. So when we go somebody, we're actually ghosting ourselves. Mm. Because we're telling the part of the self that you, you didn't know this person. But the self knows. Just because you tell it doesn't mean that it's going to accept that. That that ghost is going to be a prominent figure in your head mm-hmm. because you could not exercise the simplicity of resolving an issue you had to memorialize them in time mm-hmm. you left an unfinished story and the more unfinished stories we have in our life the lonelier we are because the fun of the story is to finish the story 
It's not to go to the end. It's to go through the story and finish. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why we, we like like happy endings that we like them to tie the knots at the end of the story. Completion feels good. Yeah. Completion. Yeah. Completion is hard without completion and then ghosting kills completion. Mm -hmm. And thus we are always on we're always leaving things unsaid, unspoken, unfelt, untouched, unlived. We're losing the taste for existence, for being alive in this plane by smelling the food or smelling the flowers or walking outside. What I notice more and more is that the insects are gone. Hmm. The bees are gone. The frogs are gone. I remember frogs when I was a little kid. We used to go to the pond and get a bunch of frogs. We don't see frogs anymore. Hmm. We don't see bees anymore. We don't see insects anymore. And the insects are required because they actually, them and the bees, pollinate our food. It's like all the little creatures that created the songs that you used to hear as a kid are gone. Yeah. It's as if the songs of our lives are dying too. Yeah. Mm. Now, now we listen to digital sounds of creeks hmm. when we're meditating. Digital sounds of birds. Digital sound of water. The things that really are on the short list in the world these days. Well, Aaron, for our first podcast, you, um, I would say that you took us to a very, very deep and fascinating conversation. And I know sometimes in the conversation we went all over the place. <laughs> We were flying. We were, were talking about flying and we flew. I, I That's agree. good. I agree with you. I think we did fly. Mm. And I hope to continue some of these conversations on this podcast. Um, next week, we'll, we'll take up another topic. And what I'd like to say um, is this is uh, the Institute for Conflict. And this is our first podcast. And we would like everybody to join us and send your comments to us, please. Uh, you could send us your comments um, on um, iTunes. You could send us uh, comments on um, any device, any platform that you're listening on. Um, we would love to hear your questions, comments. We'd love to read them on air and um, answer those questions and comments. Um, thank you. And we look forward to talking to everyone soon. Erin? This has been great. We flew. We felt the ground also. And we'll continue the conversation next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Well, go ahead. I stopped the recording. You just push stop. Are you ready to stop recording? Stop.